Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. Today we're very happy to have with us on the Rusk Report at his beautiful condominium in Palm Beach, Florida, Eric A. Reichert, who's a world traveler sailing all over the world, and we're going to be talking about that. We could talk about his career in the automotive industry. We had a former classmate of his on the air a few times, John Castle, and our guest today is Eric A. Reichert. He was in the automotive industry. He was a Baker Scholar, graduate of high distinction in Harvard Business School. He worked for Ford Motor Corporation in product planning. And then Lee Iacocca asked Eric Riker to move to Chrysler. We'll tell more about him later. Our guest today, Eric A. Reichert, on the Rust Report on ESPN AM 1520. Why don't we first talk about your sailing? 73,211, you're very exact, down to 211 <laughs> nautical miles on Escapade. And this was over a uh, 15-year period. Um, um, this is from 1996 to 2011. Uh, let's talk a, a, about the highlight of this Escapade on Escapade. Eric Reichert. Wow. It was an amazing 15-year period. It was my retirement plan, if you will. Um, after the successful career in the automotive industry, I wanted to do something that was challenging, exciting. Uh, I've always traveled, uh, enjoyed new cultures, and so it seemed like the um, best thing to do would be to... Um, and I've sailed, by the way, uh -huh. uh, ever since I was a child in Lake Michigan. So um, sailing was a, a natural thought, and sailing around the world seemed to be the perfect fit and challenge. Uh, you know, it's, it's a mental challenge and it's a physical challenge. So it seemed like an ideal thing to do. Now, you, uh, of course, had many people on this boat. Uh, let's first learn about this boat, how big it is, how many it can sleep, and how big a crew you had to go for 15 years all over the world. Well, um, when I started with this concept, uh, in fact, I had it before I actually retired, um, I uh, did a very thorough search for the best blue water boat, blue water being one which can cross oceans. Um, I used my product planning experience to uh, develop the ideal specifications. The boat was 55 feet long, it, um, uh, which is a fairly large sailboat, but uh, very small in the middle of the ocean. Uh, it uh, actually was uh, uh, built by Oyster Marine in England. And um, we specified it uh, with specific things um, to uh, handle our requirements. 
Very good. Now I understand you have a book coming out called Sail the World, Everything You Need to Know to Circumvent the Globe by Eric A. Riker, our guest today on the Rusk Report. Why don't you review a little bit about what this book is all about and when it will be coming out? Well, the book should be coming out in about another month or so. It's in the final stages. Um, as the subtitle says, it uh, tries to tell uh, anyone, uh, even the inexperienced, uh, to even the expert sailor what you need to know to circumnavigate. Um, all the way from selecting uh, the, the boat, uh, proper boat, uh, the kind of skills and knowledge that are required, uh, the equipment that's needed, um, the type of planning that's required, uh, understanding all of the, the costs and uh, ownership, government requirements, uh, all of those aspects to um, uh, plan a uh, circumnavigation. Now, when you're traveling around the world and we hear sometimes about piracy and extortion, did you ever bump into that kind of behavior uh, traveling around the world where you were, you were in danger? Well, uh, we did go through the pirate areas, mm -hmm. um, both off of um, Malaysia and through the Gulf of Aden, which is between Somalia and Yemen. Um, and uh, we, it, there was piracy going on at the time we went through, uh, so I had plotted all of the pirate attacks in the previous two years and we instituted uh, piracy, anti-piracy um, procedures such as um, no radar, uh, radio silence, no running lights at night, a uh, whole variety of uh, issues. We took the flag down and we sailed two-thirds of the way from Ye Somalia, one-third from Yemen and we successfully negotiated um, and, and minimized our what I call time exposed to danger uh, and nothing happened. Also, um, throughout the world, I never paid any bribes or any any money below the table. Now, were you armed on the boat with uh, rifles? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, so, how would you defend yourself if pirates would come up to your uh, boat, the Escapade? in these dangerous areas, how would you defend yourself without arms? Well, um, the fact of the matter was uh, the pirates are uh, well armed, well equipped, they have AK-47s, rocket launchers, you know, things able to attack even a large ship. Um, so I felt that if I had showed a weapon, uh, you, you would be dead. I mean, they had so much more firepower than I could ever muster. Um, uh, further, you know, you uh, you never know when this might happen. Could happen at night, although most of the piracy occurred during the day. Um, but there could be multiple boats. Um, you, know, it, it, you know, as the military says, you don't have control over the situation. So uh, we did have pepper spray for very close encounters. Uh, but my primary objective would be to avoid. Boarding. Luckily, when we went through the area, the seas were fairly large, five or six feet. Um, 
which uh, and the wind was good, so we were sailing fast. But that mm -hmm. means that boarding would have been difficult. So I was I was uh, happy with that. Very good. Now, uh, did you think of going far from the coast when you were in those areas to avoid these pirates? Oh yeah, yeah. As I so said, so how far were you away from the coast? Oh well, as I said, we were closer to Yemen, but. Um, we were at least 50 miles off. Um, we, di we didn't want to be seen uh, from the coast mm -hmm. and um, because uh, the only way we could have been spotted was someone sitting out there waiting for a boat to come by and likelihood of that is less than if you were going along the coast. Very good. Now let's talk a little bit about living on board for six years. That's a long time to be on a 55-foot boat. Um, did you go a little bit stir-crazy uh, being confined for six years? Or when you would stop at different ports, was that okay to get your freedom? Or did you always feel at ease with a view of the world? Well, uh, actually the six years occurred over the 15-year period. So we uh, we did put the boat up in the hard um, annually, mm -hmm. and like in the Mediterranean, uh, you know, sailing in the winter is not very pleasant. So, you, you know, your sailing season is only about like six months. Uh, therefore, um, you know, we and we got home about once a quarter, uh, returning the boat to pick it up and continue around the world. So, um, no, I. I uh, never felt confined. Um, we enjoyed the space on board. Yeah, the, the boat was um, quite luxurious in its um, accommodations. We had air conditioning, you know, television, uh, you know, all the amenities. So we did not feel confined. Now, about eating, you got your food in the different ports, I take it, and did you have a cook on board or did you do your own cooking? How was that? Well, um, we actually had two scenarios that for quite a few years I just had a... Um, oh, you asked about the crew. I forgot that. Okay. Um, um, I did have one crew me paid crew member, uh, first mate, and um, he assisted me. The two of us could handle the boat ourselves, mm -hmm. but the boat slept six people, and um, when, when uh, crossing oceans, um, I normally like to have six people on board. Right. Uh, that meant uh, we could have, um, uh, it, of course, as you wear, we're sailing 24 hours a day. So that meant we could have a watch schedule of three watches of two people each. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'd be um, uh, three hours on, six hours off, which uh, is not too long to be on watch. And uh, you can get a good 10 hours of sleep a day. Um, so I felt that was a good a good procedure to handle the watches. Um, as I said, one of the crew members was a, um, um, a, a first mate. Uh, the Later we did have a couple on board and, uh -huh. the, and the wife would be act as the chef. So um, yes, we had gourmet meals. At that point we'd had gourmet meals with no effort um, uh, from my wife or I. And uh, we, we did provision in all the local ports. And of course that's one of the differences between sailing your own boat mm -hmm. and, and being on a cruise ship. Mm -hmm. uh, because when you enter port, um, uh, you are living there. 
and you have to, you know, conquer the local transportation system. You have to buy your provisions locally, um, and uh, you know, participate in the local activities. So that is quite a different experience than being on board a cruise ship where you're pampered on board this huge thing. For those who just tuned in to the Rusk Report, our guest is a world traveler who has circumnavigated the, the globe, Eric A. Reichert, and we're taping this in his lovely home in Palm Beach, Florida. I'd like to thank those who've called regarding our recent guests, author Dick Kaplan, Carmel Baranoff with the PBS program to 50 million viewers, and Maria Krauss with the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Coming up, we have another author, B. Kazar, on this program, Senator Pat Gallivan. And a little plug here, Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampole Eagle has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampole Legal. The Ampole Legal is available in many tops and Wegman stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. A little more information about Eric Reichert. Again, he has a book coming out, Sail the World, Everything You Need to Know to Circumnavigate the Globe. He was a vice president for Ford Motor Company in Europe, chief executive officer and president for Chrysler in Mexico, a great leader in the automotive industry. Our guest today, who's traveled all over the world on a 55-foot sailboat, Eric A. Reichert. Now, you have some Buffalo and Niagara Falls roots um, where we uh, originate this program to 17 states. Could you tell us about that, Eric Riker? Yes, my, um, my father's family um, came from Buffalo and my mother's family came from Niagara Falls. Uh, the um, the uh, family has been in the Buffalo area for well, nearly 100 years and uh, so the, the, my roots go very deep there. And do you still have any family in Buffalo or Niagara Falls? Um, there's some records left in the Buffalo area, but um, no uh, really close relatives. Okay. Now let's talk about the uh, sailing for 11,459 hours. Was this a joy or was it a little bit tiring at times? <laughs> well... Um, I got to say is when you go around the world at about um, seven or eight miles an hour, um, you really get to know the world. Um, uh, and I can I can assure you that I, I can't guarantee that it's round. Yes, but I can guarantee you it's contiguous. In other okay. words, we ended where we started uh, by sailing one direction. Mm -hmm. uh, and by the way, that we we closed the loop in. Um, Antalya, Turkey. But anyway, the um, sailing is a joy uh, for me, anyway. And uh, even in, when you're crossing, like crossing the Atlantic, it was um, 17 and a half days, and crossing the Pacific was 18 and a half days. But you know, it's amazing that um, um, when you're out there, 
um, the whole world shrinks to you and your boat. There's no one else available. You can't see a ship, you don't see airplanes, you don't see anything. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, a, it's an amazing experience of, of, in that regard. But the weather and the seas continually change. So nothing is constant. In other words, the, the size of the waves, the direction of the waves, the direction of the wind, and you're, you're always adjusting for this and, and sailing. So, uh, at least for me, um, it was uh, a wonderful feeling to be out there and, and sailing along, even though you're only doing about eight miles an hour. Now, you've traveled all over the world. You were sailing for 15 years on the boat, the Escapade 55-foot boat. You've been an automotive uh, leader internationally in Europe, Mexico, the United States. You work with Lee Iacocca, who is a legend in the automotive industry, saving Chrysler. What's your next challenge, Eric Riker? Wow. <laughs> well, my next challenge is um, just to try to live out life um, well and and try to inspire some of the other people. That's one reason I wrote the book, by the way, mm-hmm. is because I wanted to um, inspire others to um, uh, have the advantage of the same experience. And so I have been working uh, quite hard on the book for the last few years, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd be relieved when it finally gets into production, probably next month or two. So for those um, uh It'll be at Amazon, and uh, uh, but in a month or two, look for the book Sail the World. Okay, and it'll be at Amazon throughout the U.S. and Canada where we broadcast. Yes, and Europe. Yeah. Okay, very good. Now, on this boat, the Escapade, you had 135 different people on board at many occasions. Were these natives of the different islands or countries, or were these friends of yours? Who are these people who visited you? Um, well, they were um, primarily uh, friends, um, acquaintances, family, who, um, and many of those came multiple times. Um, we had our, our regulars, uh, friends who had um, you know joined us at very various points around the mm-hmm, world, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, some were um, experienced sailors, some were not, and uh, as I said, the first mate and I could sail a boat by ourselves, so if we were just sailing along the coast, um, in other words, between, between the ocean passages, right. we, would, we would sail along the coast of whatever country we're, we were in and uh, tried to enjoy the local culture and the flavor of the country and get to know that country well. And um, so we would have, um, I call it bopping up the coast. We'd just go from port to port and enjoy. So um, the people were, um, oh, and I also, when going across the oceans, and I needed the six, six people, six crew members, right. um, I did use crew agencies to uh, find other crew uh, who I had not known previously but who were skilled in sailing. Very good. For those who have just tuned in to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520, our guest is world traveler and author Eric A. Reichert. If you're listening in Buffalo, Montreal, or Washington, D.C., to our 50,000 watts of clear channel power, 
blanketing 17 states and half of Canada. Drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners to the Rusk Report. A little bit more information about Eric A. Reichert. He oversaw a powertrain for Chrysler and New Venture Gear. He had 30 years in the automotive industry and where we usually tape this program in Buffalo, New York, this was a big automotive center. We still have thousands of jobs in the automotive industry in Buffalo, New York. We're happy to have with us today world traveler and sailor Eric A. Reichert. Now, you circumnavigated the world from 97 to 2002, from and to Antalya, Turkey, four and a half years. Let me ask you this big question. If you had to do it all over again, would you, Eric Reichert? Uh, definitely. I, um, it, yeah, I, I felt I was, had a successful business career, but I got to say is that accomplishing this uh, circumnavigation is certainly a highlight of my life, and uh, it's an accomplishment I'm very proud of. And it's something which very few people do. Um, you know, when we were going around, there were probably no more than, uh, you know, a hundred other boats doing it at one time. And that's all nationalities, not just Americans. So, um, yes, uh, I would definitely do it again. And uh, it's uh, a very life-changing and life-inspiring event. Now, weather uh, can cause havoc on occasion with world travel. I know Mr. Castle told me, your classmate at Harvard, I believe he was in the Pacific and he had a terrible storm he endured. Uh, did you, um, on these uh, 15 years of travel all over the world, endure any horrific storms? Or um, Tell us about that. Well, yes. <laughs> okay, tell us about that, um, please. Well, I like to say that, you know, 90 percent of the time the sailing was fantastic absolutely yes. great another you know seven percent of the time we had gales and you know somewhat heavy weather but uh i did get caught in one major storm it was mm -hmm. a force 10 storm which is just below a hurricane yes and was in the pacific we were going between um fiji and new zealand and we were, um, I, I was using weather routers, one in the United States and one in New Zealand, mm -hmm. and weather routers' job is to predict the weather for your course, Right. and uh, I always asked them for a go-no-go, -no -go. in other words, should we leave or shouldn't we leave? Mm -hmm. Both of them said leave, um, at the, the time we did, um, but we got only a day or two out, and uh, the a weather system turned on us and uh, the, originally the wind was supposed to be from the north or behind us uh, it turned and so it was in front of us um, so we were sailing into the wind the wind increased to 55 knots and higher yes um, the seas were nominally 30 feet uh, 40 feet sometimes 50 feet so imagine a ski slope and and the 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 
it, the top of the waves are breaking, the whole face of the wave is um, uh, filled with flying spume of white uh, spray, and this whole thing is marching toward you. Uh, at uh, and so you're going into this and over the top, and we were literally the whole boat was falling for probably ten or fifteen feet and just shuddering as we crashed down. And of course, uh, the thing hit at night. It always, you know, it's sort of a combination of everything. So here we are in this situation, uh, and uh, it, it was in a challenge, a physical challenge, which you could barely hold on. Uh, the wind was screaming, the, it was like banshees in the, uh, high-pitched banshees in the uh, rigging. It was uh, Well, it how, was did, how did you survive? You had a 55-foot boat and you had 40-foot waves and 50-mile-an-hour winds. How did you keep from capsizing and drowning? Well, there are two approaches to heavy weather. One is passive and one is active. I won't okay. go through the whole detail, but I'm the active approach, so we kept sailing. All right. um, and you have to keep sailing in order to keep the boat pointed in the right direction. If we got sideways to the waves, we could have been rolled right. and demasted. Uh, we were so far away from land, we were, we were outside of any help beyond helicopter reach. And the seas were so great, I don't think any ship or anything could have helped, and none were in the, in the area anyway. So the one thing you have to, when you do this kind of um, uh, circumnavigation, you do have to um, depend on yourself. You have to think that no one's going to come and get you. There's no 911 to say, help save me. You have to depend on yourself. So it was, um, it, and, and you do find out that the weakest link is yourself. The boat, as uh, long as we handled the boat well, the boat was, survived, but um, the challenge was could you take it? Well, very good. I'm sorry we have to bring the Rusk Report to a close. We've been learning a great deal from author and circumnavigator Eric A. Reichert. The book will be coming out soon, available on Amazon. Sail the World, Everything You Need to Know to Circumnavigate the Globe. Special thanks to our Director of Production, Kevin Carr, and thank you for enlightening us about your world travels, Eric A. Reichert. Have a great week. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.